Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Midpoint. We've got a slightly unusual episode today. It's a little bit different to finish the series. My guest is the television presenter Ben Shepherd. He's been a regular on our TV screens for the best part of two decades on GMTV, GMB, Tipping Point, Extra Factor, and of course on Sky with his uh, relationship with Chris Kamara, which he started on Goals on Sunday. Now they've got a podcast together as well. And that's allowed him to combine his day job with one of his many passions in sport, football. He recently brought out a book as well called Humble Heroes, which stemmed from a lockdown project where he wanted to shine a light on people doing brilliant things under the radar, selfless people doing incredible things for others. So we're going to speak to one of those people and it's his great friend, Ivan Honingsworth. Ivan's son Seb was born with a congenital heart defect. He roped in many, many people, raised lots of money fundraising for the hospital in Newcastle where he was treated. And these challenges and this fundraising took off. The things he did got more and more outrageous and physically difficult to the point where he gave up his day job and he's now a full-time motivational speaker and campaigner. So a great person to come on and inspire you if you're thinking of taking a step into unfamiliar territory or maybe you want to quit the day job and do something completely different. First of all, though, let's hear from Ben. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Gabby. Lovely to see you and hear you. You're 48 before the end of this year. Oh, my days. What a way to start. My sister just turned 49 last year. We're very, very close. And we had this conversation about the fact she's just turned 49. And then she always just laughs because, yeah, but you're going to be 48 soon as well. And it's that moment where you kind of go, what, how, where, what, how, how did that happen? Where did it go? The thing I want to, I'm intrigued about, um, you know how you do a deep dive when you're kind of doing a little bit of research on somebody, right? The school you went to, Chigwell yes, yes. School, has a really interesting alumni, okay? You've got people who were former UN commanders, uh, Colonel Bob Stewart, uh, Michael Thomas, who was Attorney General of Hong Kong, yeah. and you're in this list of alumni, okay? You're the only showbiz kid in town though, right? <laughs> you did a, a, your degree was dance, drama and theatre studies. Yeah. The school looks really serious and kind of heavyweight what was school like for you because you clearly had this performing kind of gene you really wanted to to do something on the stage or be a performer of some sort so what was school life like i i loved school gabby i went to a state school in epping right on the edge of east london till i was 11 and then i went i changed schools and i went to chigwell where my brother was and I sort of scraped through the entrance exam barely. I got a music scholarship to go to school as well. So, so um, it was always performing. Yeah, my mum is really theatrical, still is seriously theatrical. And uh, and if I'm honest, I think the thing I really wanted to do was act um, mm. all the way through. And that was always my plan was to, and I loved drama, but I also loved my sport. If I could have chosen anything, it would have been, I would have wanted to be a professional sportsman. But I, I didn't find the sport I was good enough at, unfortunately. I'm still looking at it. So the reason why I think this is interesting, because you're at this stage of your life now where you've 
forward to this fantastic TV career, never stopped working, doing interesting things. Is there still a part of you inside that thinks, actually, I, I think I might go for some auditions. I um, think I could... I could still do it. I, but yes, but that's the same part of me that still thinks I'm going to play in the Ryder Cup one day. And I might still get selected for West Ham. I don't want to get to the end and think there's some things that I regret, like not giving yeah. a go at something. You know, the only regrets you have are the decisions you never make. Mm. If the right thing came up and I was in the right, sort of had the right opportunity and the right time to do it and dedicate to it, then I would, I think I would kick myself if I never give it a go. But equally, if I don't get the opportunity to do something and it's not the right thing, I, you know, I've been incredibly lucky to end up where I ended up. I, I was, when I was thinking about this and you, you're very youthful looking still anyway, and men, I think it probably is still easier for a man to kind of go off piste in his career. And I think of the role models that you would have for you, somebody like Bradley Walsh, for example, who combines being an actor with being a television presenter and has the public have no problem in accepting yeah. that, do they? That it's, you know, and obviously Stephen Fry has done the same thing. You know, I can think of quite a few different examples actually of men who very successfully have done that. Mm. Jamie Thixton as well, because Jamie's more of a contemporary of mine and Jamie mm. stopped presenting for a long time and went into the West End and did loads of amazing theatre. And I still know Jamie now, and obviously he's he's a very successful broadcaster, does the breakfast show on heart. It would be lovely to flex those muscles and try it. But at the same time, mm. it was a very long time ago, Gabby. And would I have the courage, bravery, the madness uh, to go for it again? I'm not sure. But I mean, it'd be a great adventure. I think there's still time. So the TV presenting break came around quite quickly after you graduated, didn't it? Yeah, I'd 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 gone to so I was at university, did this dance degree at university. How is your dance, by the way? Oh, hopeless. Like really, really hopeless. <laughs> Were you Latin, ballroom, contemporary, it was contemporary, ballet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo Slater technique. Uh, <laughs> it was it was it was contemporary dance. So when I was doing my A levels and when I went into the sixth form room, there was an Ucker, because it was Ucker back then, it's UCAS now, isn't it? And uh, there was an Ucker amendment sheet and there was there was some courses that had been added and I looked and I I've, things my, my dad was brilliant. My dad's an accountant by trade, so he's in finance. He's always like, I know you love drama, but find something you can fall back on. So do your drama but have it with something else. Mm. So I was looking at drama and the two things I loved were drama and sports. And he was brilliant. It's like sport management, sports marketing, sports agents, you know, the world of sport is endless. It doesn't just have to be on the pitch or on the field. You can still work in sport. So I was looking at those sorts of things, but also I had this dream of doing some acting or performing or whatever. And I saw this, this course, which was drama, dancing brackets, sport and recreation management. And I thought, wow, that sounds fantastic. Like drama, a little bit of dance. Who doesn't have a bit of dance? Uh, sport and recreation management. So I applied for the course. I went along to the audition. It was at Birmingham University. And the, the thing that I just got sent through with my, we'd like to invite you to audition um, for your dance audition, please wear leotard and tights. And I was quite pragmatic and I thought, oh, well, they must get a lot more girls applying than boys. So it's probably a standard letter that goes out. So I turned up in some dirty rugby shorts and a vest. And I said to the... Um, yeah, I'm thinking Billy Elliot. Yeah, yeah. well, if only. Uh, without Just without the talent. I... So Claire Lidbury was the, who ends up being one of my lecturers, sort of took the, the audition initially. And I said, oh, I didn't have any leotard and tights. Is that all right if I just wear my shorts? And she sort of looked at me as if to say, what an idiot, what are you doing? And, and we sort of said, yes, 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 let's all stand at the bar. And I genuinely went, what, we're going to the bar now? We haven't started. And the girls pulled out a movable ballet bar, which I had never stood at in my life. Now, these, the girls were fabulous dancers and they trained all their life. The, the course was very practical but there was a lot of academic side to it as well and and we stood at the bar and I was kind of like well, what am I doing here I've really got my I was so out of my depth I've written there is if ever my dad 
uh, who used to say, you're just, you never organize yourself. You never think anything through. I was sitting there going, dad, I really should have thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was right. He was, so but bad. you got on the course got, in spite I, of I yourself. Of course I did this. I did the dance audition and I loved it. I was just copying everybody. I loved it. Really enjoyed it. It was all physical theater. And I had to go off and do an, uh, an interview for the sport and rec bit. And I said, oh, what's the percentage dance to drama? And they said, oh, it's about 80, 20. And I said, oh, what? 80% drama, 20% dance. And all the girls sort of stared at me as if I was mad. And, I, and they said, no, it's 80% dance, 20% drama. And I was like, is this not the drama audition? And they said, no, this is the dance audition. And at that point, I had to go and do the interview for the other part of the course. Anyway, long story short, I took a year off. I had the interview, took a year off, thought in that year, when I come back, I'm just probably going to have to drop the dance because I'm not a dancer. I've never danced. I'll do the sport and recreation management. By Christmas, I dropped the sport and recreation management. I was fully involved with the dance and loved every single <laughs> That's minute, amazing. Every single minute of it. Well, that is, uh, I think dance does that to you, though. I always <laughs> describe being on Strictly as you go in and you think, um, yeah, I'm going to learn some dances. And by week two, you're looking at your wardrobe and you don't recognize your clothes because you're ordering <laughs> gold leg warmers. And, you know, you've got kind of, you're wearing rah-rah skirts in the street with trainers and things. And and dance, I think, just does it because it's such an all-encompassing thing, isn't it? It's It yeah. gets inside you. And the, I think there was, there's that. It was really physical. And then there was lectures after it. I mean, it was really full-on course. And, uh, and as you say, it's so immersive. I was playing rugby at the same time as well. And I used to get all this stuff from the rugby players. Well, you, you had all sorts going on. You know, you're doing you with the jocks sports. one minute, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the theatre buffs the next. And they loved it because there was this meeting of the drama and yeah. dance department and the rugby team. You know, it was a very fertile relationship both ways. <laughs> And uh, this explains a lot about your career, actually, <laughs> because you've got this kind of sky sports life mm -hmm. that you you forged for yourself, as well as being able to sit on daytime telly and talk about the menopause or, or anything to do with female issues, spending yeah. a lot of time with women in a dance studio. So it kind of explains the very wide kind of remit that you've given yourself, or at least unboundless in a way. I think that's a really interesting observation. I, I th I've been very lucky. My, my dad was in finance. My mum was is. A, a, an actress not by trade but by passion and was a nurse and was one of three girls and they just talked about everything so nothing was ever off limits when all the aunts were around so whether it was the music the dance the rugby the football the sport just throw yourself into whatever and I've been really lucky like that because I mean much like you because you've done plenty of those things as well managing the the sporting side of things, but also the the daytime TV stuff, the Saturday night stuff, um, the, the the breakfast television stuff. Um, you know, we're all interested in all of those things. I think there's loads mm. of people I know that are all interested in all of those mm. things. And I've been lucky enough to be able to dip my toe in all of them. Do you feel do you feel good at your job now then? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Do I feel good? I think it depends. I feel experienced. I certainly feel capable of dealing with whatever's thrown at me. Um, do I feel good at it? Uh, I don't know. You are, by the way. That's not even up for quite a bit. I just wonder what you feel. You know, it's interesting when you get to that point of feeling satisfied. I mean, we're all looking for the perfect show, which we'll never find. You know, all the end, you know, you want to go home thinking there's nothing I missed out there. There wasn't a beat that I didn't hit. But if you can get to kind of 85 to 90 percent most of the time, I think you've got to allow yourself to feel that you're on top of your game. I think you? that maybe, maybe my uh, reticence to do that is because uh, the idea of becoming complacent terrifies me, mm -hmm. particularly mm -hmm. in a world that 
and we've both been through this, is very really, competitive. really competitive and really cutthroat and, and can be very subjective. People can make a decision for no reason other than they just... But we can't control that. No, exactly. So what I feel like is as long as I'm constantly try, striving and don't allow myself to sort of dwell on that, oh, yeah, Ben, an amazing job, well done, you're brilliant sort of thing, then I will keep pushing myself to make sure the next time... You're only as good as your last link, right? So you want to make mm -hmm. sure your last link is... Or whatever it was you've done, you feel like you've you're sort of striving for something else. So do I feel I'm not sure I do necessarily, but I don't think that's I don't see that as a bad thing. I feel like that's a sort of a motivator for me. What about um you mentioned it before briefly about looks and aging and you, with with age comes wisdom and maturity and experience that you've alluded to there. In our industry, there has been in the past an obsession with kind of the next new thing on the block and talk about competition. Mm. I'm not sure it's as bad as it was, actually. I'm not sure. I think there's a more of an appreciation, actually, of people who have experience. Does the visual, does the aesthetic bother you about getting older? Are you, as a man, I don't, I don't know what it's like. You know, I don't know what it's like to be a male TV presenter. Is the pressure the same? I don't, well, look, from I can speak from experience, which is I know that if the girls that I work with, and I work with some incredible journalists and broadcasters that certainly make me better at my job and are better at the job than I am, that I aspire to be as good as them, if they do the slightest thing with their hair or with their eye makeup or their dress that they were wearing, there was a million opinions about it and it splashed everywhere. And that I don't get that sort of attention at all, which, you know, I, I, which I sort of am relieved about because, but equally, I kind of am a bit perplexed by as well. I don't know why it really matters that much for other people. Um, I think for my own personal mental health and sense of well-being i care about physically how i am how i feel and i'm very conscious of looking very tired looking a lot more tired than i used to because of early mornings and stuff and that catches up with you for sure the great thing about the advent of wearing glasses that you can't see the bags under my eyes um so i i'm aware of it and i train hard and i work hard but i work hard and train hard to feel physically fit and mentally mm. fit I think. And if they're the things that I sort of try and stay on top of, because they're the things I can control. You always have, have worked out hard and done some quite ultra and extreme things, haven't you, in terms of fitness? What are you doing at the moment to keep in shape? Well, I, I'm sort of, I'm, I still train quite hard in the gym. We've just finished Ninja Warriors on at the minute. And we, whenever I come away from filming Ninja, which I film with Cameron Rochelle Humes, um, I'm massively re-inspired by the ninjas to want to become a ninja. I still harbour dreams. Do you always do the course while you're filming? I'm not, we're not allowed anymore. No. No. So the first two years I was allowed to do it and I did all right. And it was amazing. But then after that, as Cammy says, the insurers realised if something happened to me, he'd be in charge. And so no one could have bought that. <laughs> so, so we're not allowed to, we can't do it insurance-wise. It, the scale of it is what's incredible. So I come away from that. I'm doing a lot of that. I'm sort of a year post ACL surgery. I was playing in a cup ah. final with my old boys team, old Chigwell team last year. And I absolutely wrecked my ACL, the MCL, tore the meniscus. So you're still really on that, on the, um, it's probably yeah. a year on, you should be running quite well now, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm probably about 70, 70%. It's, building up the strength still in my in my right leg will he dance again this is the question that's being <laughs> shouted at the podcast <laughs> oh my days i danced with shirley ballas the other day on the one show a lot of people watch that show i was getting messages <laughs> from people i haven't heard from for years uh, with me and shirley doing the uh ballas and Benz. was she impressed i bet she loved you of course yeah yeah she was i think she was impressed that i didn't fall over quite frankly <laughs> 
Um, you knew that degree would come into its own at some point. <laughs> you must get asked every year to go on Strictly then. I have been asked a few times. I know how involving it is and how all-consuming it is and yeah. how full on it is. You have to clear your diary. I'd love to learn to do the dancing. I would absolutely you love to do that. You would be amazing. And there'd be so much support for you as well. I'm not sure I want to do it on telly, though. I'm not sure I want to do it. I feel a bit like that about the jungle. I'd love to go there for a couple of yes. weeks, but I don't want to be filmed doing it. <laughs> well, I, when having seen Kate go in a couple of years ago, I've always thought, well, I love this show, but I would never do it. And then I saw Kate do it. I thought, do you know what? Actually, that looked really great fun. And, and for the first time, I thought maybe I would be able to enjoy three Are you going in the jungle this year, Ben <laughs> Shepherd? Are you trying to tell me something? I'm certainly not going in this year. That's for sure. I'm not getting any younger. The thing I am very conscious of, I'm not getting any younger. And my knees and my back aren't quite what they were. I was going to ask you about joints because playing football into age, you know, into any age is is quite demanding on, on the joints, isn't it? And you've mentioned your ACL. So what are you doing to kind of future-proof your body? Oh, man, I do I do all that sort of stuff that I sort of scoff at as a teenager and an early 20-year-old, which is Pilates, try and do a bit of yoga occasionally. I stretch. I mean, I, yeah. I, I take great pleasure in stretching and feeling Do like you wish it. you'd stretched earlier of course absolutely my frustration is and i don't know what it's like watching your two i watch the boys do a bit of sport sam my eldest is really into strength and conditioning and he's really good about stretching and stuff jack though if he's playing football they still aren't really making them stretch no. or warm down you know the things that came in way after we'd left school and you're kind of like oh that's a given surely they're all doing that at school that's got to be part of it the they hate it because they can't see how it's relevant to their like, very elastic bodies that seem to bounce up well, when they have you know an injury and they seem to you know they get they get knocked down they get up really quickly don't they and i think they just don't see themselves as getting older do they so they just don't understand what you're talking about immortal and invincible at that age but i certainly am very conscious that i'm not now as as morbid like i I put my neck out the other day, wringing out a flannel. I mean, if that's not a proper <laughs> mid-range injury, I mean, because first and foremost, like if my teenage self knew I was using a flannel because I had a skincare regime or even just cleaned myself properly, he would be so embarrassed. But the fact that I, I strained a muscle in my shoulder because I'd wrung this... I mean, I was, like, I was so depressed. Is that the most uh, kind of middle-aged uh, alarm bell ringing moment that you've had, do you think? Oh, unquestionably. Like every morning when I get up, I go to work, I have a, a foam roller in the bathroom and I have to roll my back to sort of try and find a way of getting my back to move. Maybe I... you shouldn't be doing Strictly. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with me. We'll be back after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You met Annie at university, didn't you? Yeah, we Your did. Wife? Yeah, that's she was, amazing. I know, long time now. Uh, she was studying philosophy. I'm very, very lucky that we've been together since probably uh, we were 21. Wow, um, so a long old time. And somehow, uh, and this in the industry you're in, okay, that that is remarkable. They're like dog years, is that what you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 90. Uh, <laughs> what is the the secret then? Do you oh, think man. to 
a long and nourished and caring relationship that you appear to have? I certainly don't consider myself an expert on any of those things. Um, what do I think? I think we, I think I've been very lucky because she's incredibly patient and very understanding. You really like each other though. That's yeah, like. yeah, I think so. That's and, and, and I think the other thing that's that's been great is that she has the things that she's really interested in and I've got the things that I'm really interested in and neither of us worry massively about not being interested in each other's mm. things. Like, so she's now studying a garden design course, a proper hardcore garden design course at Kew. She goes off and she studies quantum physics and crazy things at Oxford. She's got this really uh, strong desire to keep learning and keep pushing mm. herself. I really just want to play golf and go off to my mates and play golf or go and see sporting events and spend time with the boys doing that sort of stuff. And I think that being able to give each other a bit of space to do those mm. things and go and indulge those things. If I want to go away, she want, you know, that's, that's brilliant because then we can sort of come back together and, and share what happened. And what are the things that you do together? What do you have any shared pastimes? Um, the boys, I guess, which is an interesting question because they're both getting to the point where they're going to be leaving. Not undoubtedly children sort of keep you together, mm. could be galvanized. And we're going through GCSEs and A-levels this year. So that's a pretty sort of, intense it does make you start to think i mean we're similar stages in that respect and you know you start when they're gone and you've got your things and i've got my things that i like doing and and undoubtedly there are things that we like doing together that time that they take up children is going to be there isn't it yeah there is going to be a vacuum i think yes unquestionably one of the reasons i think annie's because she's very organized and brilliant she has been planning for that time for a long time just in terms of sort of re-upping her qualifications and learning all sorts of different skills that she can then go and, and use when eventually they've mm. gone and she's got a lot more time so she can go and do that sort of stuff. Um, I'm sort of blissfully bimbling along, just assuming. Well, you're you're be on, on, you know, your career trajectory still and doing interesting things. I think it's being interested. It doesn't matter really what it is. If you're interested in something, then you can bring interesting things into the relationship, can't you? Yeah. And she has she has an abundance of things she's interested in whether it's academia or art or garden design or interior design or, you know, whatever that's She's going to turn you into a renaissance man, whether it kills her or not, isn't (laughs) (laughs) it? But I'm happy to go and see all those things with her because I sort of get, I enjoy her. You get a secondary education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can enjoy her passion for them as long as there's a coffee Mm. shop and a bit of cake at the end of it. (laughs) I'm very easily pleased. Uh, Well, well, something else you you have done in in the midlife is written a book called Humble Heroes. And we today, instead of a normal expert, uh, we're going to meet one of your humble heroes on the podcast today. And that is Ivan Hollingsworth. Hello, Ivan. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Ben. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Very good, very good for having a lovely chat with Ben. So Ben, Ivan is a humble hero. Yes, he is. How many hum- humble heroes are there in the book? Well, there's about 25. Ivan and I grew up together. Our mums were best friends, so really, really close, and we'd lived together. Anyway, Ivan moved up to the northeast. has a beautiful family. One of his children, Seb, was born with a heart defect and needed some open-heart surgery not long after he was born. And the Children's Heart Unit, the Freeman in Newcastle, did this heart surgery, saved Seb's life. And since then, Ivan had set about trying to do something to say thank you. He knew that I was keen into my fitness and he managed somehow to persuade six or seven of us to run across the country, seven marathons in seven days. The next year it was two days cycling and then seven marathons in seven days on the way back. And gradually this movement built and built and built. But that's, you know, one of the things that I think is incredible about what Ivan's done and Nadine as well in the family is that they have 
had such an impact because of what they've been through. They've got such amazing insight into what it's like to have a child that has a condition that means they're going to be in hospital for a very long time. That when they were able to build the playroom for Seb, when Seb's name for all these kids on the heart unit, just so these kids, because they can be on the heart unit for over a mm. year, some of them, they can go and be kids. They can be plugged into machines, but they can play on a PlayStation or they can be pushed around in a car in the garden or they can be coloring in or they can be playing with their siblings while they're still getting their treatment. Can I ask Ivan what it's like to be called a humble hero then, Ivan? What? Weird when it's from Ben, who very rarely gives me a compliment, really unsettling. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I think I, I flattered to be involved, but I, I, I don't think it necessarily fits, but I'll... I'll take it. The very nature, Gabby, the very nature of all the people in the book is they go about what they're doing for no recognition. They don't want any credit. They go about it quietly because they just want to make a difference. Like Ivan had a vested interest because the heart unit has saved Seb's life. And Seb's recently been back in as a 13-year-old to have another open heart surgery and got to use the facilities that we had raised the wow. money for. I think the thing that is also incredible about what Ivan's done is he has managed to nurture through what he's been through it's an incredible mm. mindset. And he managed to get seven relatively fit, but not particularly strong middle-aged, early middle-aged men back then through this extraordinary endurance challenge. You kind of look at it, you go, How where did, where did that come from? I mean, because this was, this wasn't your job, was it before to be a mentor and a life coach? This is something that has evolved out of your experiences. So how did that come about that you knew how to get these guys through it? And you, and you had this innate ability it would seem to to motivate people I honestly don't know Gabby I, I think um, it's only very recently I've, I've tried to make a, a living out of doing this and helping leaders and organizations to create better cultures to be positively motivating Ben mentions her in the book I, I put a lot down to my mum and the way my mum brought us up and, and and sadly she passed away when I was in my mid-20s but I think she she taught me how to engage with people how to understand what motivates people rather than assume how to motivate people I think it's and it, and it came from a position of being of service to others so you can be very persuasive if you I think if you do it with the right in the right way with the right intent and as Ben will attest you can make people do things that they probably really don't want to do that's true. But you're not doing it for your own personal glory or theirs. There's, I think, I think so. Yeah, I, could, I put it a lot down to my mum. And I suppose now, and I know it's the, 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 the purpose of your podcast, Gabby, is that it's only probably in my 40s that I've actually been able to understand what that is. So what, what were you doing, Ivan? What was, your, what was your job? I worked in sales. I worked in pharmaceutical sales. So I had to be, I suppose, persuasive, but to someone else's tune. Whereas the, the fundraising, the campaigning... The work that we were doing around the heart unit more broadly was a real passion because it was something that was driven from my purpose, something trying to make a difference to the world. I found that that was increasingly becoming my motivation. So the career change, would you call it that, has, has only come in the last few years then. And how, how much thought kind of went into it in terms of you, take, this is a huge responsibility, I've got my family, I'm going to give up this steady job here because this is going very very well but obviously there's an element of risk isn't there when you do that because a lot of people listening will have similar thoughts about things that they think they can do yeah I, it took me a long time probably longer than it should have because I I felt like just going off and pursuing your dream but at the potential cost of your family's financial security and 
wasn't acceptable. So too many people told me to just go and do it. And if your house is repossessed, just live the dream. And I, that that didn't wash with me. Yeah, it thanks, seemed thanks like, for that. Yeah, it seemed like the worst advice in the world. So I, I, I felt like I had something to say, but I had to work out if the world wanted to hear it. And 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 I guess to sound cold, whether they were prepared to pay me enough to, to to put a roof over the family's head. And so that that was nervy. But like any big step, you then you're always going to face a point where you you have to make that step. I've never felt more fulfilled like than actually living into my purpose but equally probably never more terrified. And is that feeling of being, you know, a little bit terrified, does that go on or are you now comfortable in in your decision and what you've done? Not for me ego, but you reflect on the work you're doing and um and I did a session with a GP practice in Gateshead and this wasn't the intention of the session, but it was the first time they'd come together fully since the pandemic. And the feedback was, we feel it's the first stage of us healing. Now, I never could mm. have anticipated that was what I'd try and achieve. But to hear that, sometimes mm. you just got to face the fear. So, so I, I, it's, I'm getting more comfortable with it. I think, you know, we talk a lot about mindset and resilience, Ben. And, and I think the acknowledgement with those things is they, they're not straightforward. I don't know about you, Gabby, but I still feel terrified. I still have, you know, through, I've been fortunate enough to work in telly for a very long time, but there's still part of me that's terrified of, of am I doing the right thing? Is it going to carry on? What's going to happen next year? And mm-hmm. then there's other things that layer into that. I think one of the things about the book and why Ivan is just the perfect example of why the Humble Heroes and the project that I've done with that is Ivan managed somehow to persuade all of us idiots that we could achieve this extraordinary thing. Seven marathons in seven days is no mean feat. But what I now know is that it's mentally much harder than it is physically. But I would have never put that in front of myself. But he gave us this sort of opportunity to try and think about, we're not doing this for us. We're going to do this to raise money for the heart unit that saved Seb life. We knew who Seb was. We know who Ivan and Nadine were, his wife. He could persuade anybody to do anything or show them what their reason is. Give someone a reason and they could achieve anything. And so who are the kind of people, Ivan, that you find yourself working with now? You mentioned a GP practice. I mean, is it anybody that you'll, you'll take on? I think it, 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 there's got to be something about the culture, Gabby. I want to help people, but sometimes leaders can bring in people like me to be the um, quote-unquote motivational speaker. And then if the environment's toxic, that that's not acceptable we're trying to help people to understand what it looks and feels like to thrive at work or just demystifying some of these words which i i get really annoyed by when people suggest that our people should be more resilient our kids should, and they use these mm. words like it's some magic wand and i think sometimes you need to go in mm. and actually speak from a position of experience help people to understand what that looks like and how that will benefit the people and the organisation. I love working in the NHS because it feels like that they've been through the mill and they need, they need help. But I think any organisation right now is probably trying to recalibrate what their culture needs to look like and how to support mm. their people. Ivan, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much. And continue the, the great work you're doing. I hope it goes from strength to strength. And, um, and you are indeed one of Ben's 25 humble heroes, uh, which is out now. Thank you, Ivan. Cheers, Gabby. Thank you. So did you enjoy the writing process, Ben?
I was really scared about it, Gabby, because the stories that I was telling and the stories that I was sharing are hugely important. The, the responsibility and the privilege of sharing those stories is something that I took really, really seriously. So I wanted to be able to share it in a way that they felt like I had done them justice. And as I said earlier, by their very nature, these humble heroes aren't looking for any sort of recognition as well. So I had to do it in a way that they weren't sort of overwhelmed and, and upset and embarrassed about the attention that I was suddenly foisting on them. Mm. Um, well, you can tell Ivan's a very modest man and you know, uh, what, what, it doesn't he, necessarily sit comfortably w with him, the idea that he's a humble No, not, not for a minute. He wants to scream and shout about the charity in the Children's Heart Unit and get as much money and attention because he knows that makes a difference. But he doesn't want to be front and centre of that. And I just tease him about that quite a lot. Can you imagine yourself as a 25-year-old doing something like this? Or is this something that you think age and wisdom almost and your just appreciation of life lead you to a project like uh, this. Yeah, unquestionably experience. I think I've got a much clearer understanding of who I am and what motivates me, what I need in my life, what inspires me, what brings me hope. I don't try not to get too irate about things, although some of my mates, when it comes to West Ham, might disagree. I was going to say, when you're watching <laughs> West Ham, that's a different story. So, so... Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have been brave enough. I've always been interested in people. I've always loved being able to share people's stories. And the communication of the business that we work in, Gabby, is something that I've always sort of valued enormously, being able to share things. And to be honest, the really important thing is you understand is that this is not a book about me. I've curated some fabulous stories of these humble heroes. And you can dip in and out of it. And some of them are short, some of them are longer, but all of them are inspiring and make you smile. And you never know, might give somebody who reads it the sort of an idea of them changing a little bit of their purpose. I'm really so excited to read it. It sounds brilliant. And your humble heroes all sound amazing as well. It's been so lovely to chat. It's been lovely to see you. Thank you so much, Ben. How lovely to hear Ben and Ivan talking about their passions and their friendship and also for Ben to collect together the stories of people like Ivan is a really lovely thing to do and I wonder if Ivan's story has inspired you maybe you feel that you want to do something full-time that you're just tinkering with on the edges at the moment speaking of which I'd like to see Ben take on a few more auditions and dip his toe back into a bit of acting as he gets older thank you so much for being with me again for another series of Midpoint I love you sharing your stories and your questions and your requests for different experts whether it's on the Facebook group or on my Instagram account so please keep doing that this is the last episode of this series I'm off to the Football World Cup for a while so I'm going to be back in the new year but please do keep in touch and I'll see you sometime in January thanks to all my guests this series of course thank you on this one to Ben and Ivan thank you to Rethink Audio for producing and to you for always listening and being there I'll see you next time
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.